Testing, testing. Tyus, say a few things. These are normal volumes. Am I coming across okay? I think this is going to be good. Okay. Hello and welcome to the fourth ever episode of Jocks of All Trades. I'm a sponsor, Tyus Welter. I'm also a sponsor, Connor Lynch. And our third most special sponsor today is Big 12 for their recently infused cash coming from my Blue Bomb purchases last weekend. Let's go. I'm awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. I'm awesome. I'm driving around in my mom's ride. I'm awesome. A quarter of my life gone by, and I met all my friends online. So since we're, you know, rugged veterans now, and we're getting to our our, our fourth ever podcast, uh, you know, there's been a lot of buzz going about around about this success, and um, you know, even the the equity value of of our podcast. So, Connor, we're going to do a little introductory hypothetical this week, and my question for you is. How much would you sell the podcast for at this point in its in its lifespan? Yeah, so, you know, like you kind of alluded to, I've had a lot of media moguls reaching out to me, you know, inquiring about what it would what it would cost to, to rip jocks of all trades out of my hands. Um, as a 50% owner, I, I think the, the thing that comes to mind mostly uh, is I would want cash, right? And so when I was trying to value the cash, the first thing I thought of was the, the cool logo that I designed. And, you know, that took me like 17, 18 minutes. Um, and I've gotten maybe three or four compliments on it. So I valued that at about $8. Um, and then beyond that, uh, it's really just taking some time to hang out with a dear friend of mine and, and shoot the shit every week. And I valued that at about $3. So uh, <laughs> it, all in all, I'd sell my 50% share for 11 bucks. What about you? Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to, you know, call upon the first rule of, of the marketplace and competition. And and that's because it's much better to walk away with less money than you'd hope for than no money at all. And so, as you mentioned, we're 50-50 partners in this in this whole deal. And so if you're selling for $11, I'm selling for $10.50 because I want that money going to me and not to you. Uh, so that's my price right now. The other thing I was thinking of... Um, is just, you know, a light touch on the arm from a pretty girl. Uh, I think, you know, it always makes you feel kind of nice inside and and I could probably be talked into doing a lot of things just just from that. So those are my two answers. I think you could probably probably pay someone $10.50 for a nice light touch, but, you know, good answers. And... <laughs> well, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, that might be a crime now that I think about it. <laughs> All right, let's go. usual we are going to kick things off with a little college football talk uh story of the week for us for the user listeners out there for big cat chase daniel anyone who's ever thought about drinking a beer at harpo's bar and grill in columbia missouri uh it was our missouri tigers taking on going toe-to-toe with the number one ranked georgia bulldogs uh took to the wire had a lead you know, until four minutes left to go in the game. Uh, and then, you know, in, in typical Missouri sports fashion, gave it away in a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, devastating loss. Uh, so, Connor, as someone who was there, uh, sitting right next to my side, uh, you know, I miss you already, but uh, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, well, you know, there's one thing we can take away from this for sure, and that's, you know, you and I got to be by each other's side through a, a Mizzou game that, you know, wasn't all 
terrible. It wasn't all heartbreak. Uh, there were a lot of good things, and really we had like three and a half quarters of just utter excitement. So that was fun. I thought the boys played pretty well. Uh, the defense looked awesome, looked super athletic, like was really hanging with them, looked like we were we were actually evenly matched against Georgia. But God damn it, if Brady Cook is not just the biggest sack of shit quarterback I've ever seen. He can't get it done when it matters, uh, and it was just frustrating to watch. But like you said, uh, you know it's tough to be mad going up against the number one team. Had a lot of fun being there. The environment was great. Uh, so yeah, those are my thoughts. What did you have to say? Yeah, I mean, it, it was without question the best game day environment we've had at Columbia, um, I think, except for maybe my homecoming, my senior year. Um, but that being said, you mentioned, you know, us having to sit together for these games would be great. And, you know, our experience when we were actually in college together would suggest otherwise. But those examples don't fit this hypothesis, so I'm going to ignore them for now. Um, but, yeah, I like what you said about the defense because it, it would definitely – it felt like, you know, we were just hanging on to a 10-point lead, hanging on, and we barely squeak into field goal range. Mevis totally redeems himself from last week, looking like a beast hitting field goals from all over the place. How could I forget about the thicker kicker? What a guy. Yeah, we never doubted him. No way. Um, but we were just hanging on, and our defense was doing a great job bending and not breaking. And, I think, and I've been saying it all year that I've been really impressed with Blake Baker, our new defensive coordinator, because our defense was trash last year, gave up I think up there with the most rushing yards allowed in, in any for any FBS team, um, and I mean we gave up forty points to Kansas State, but even that was most possessions in the second half started on Missouri side of the field for for the Wildcats, so that's why they were scoring so much, and we were holding them to field goals then. So I was I, yeah, like I, said, I was so impressed with our defense. It was just a matter of we needed one more touchdown or one more big play on offense to like really seal the lead. Uh, and every time we had the chance to, we just settled for fewer goals and, and couldn't make that game winning play. Yeah. The, the one thing that's really just been eating me up since, uh, since Saturday night was that long Cody Schrader run down to inside the one yard line. And then we get a false start and have to settle for a field goal. Uh, hindsight that would have at least gotten us to overtime or, or, maybe locked in a win, but yeah, there's a lot to take away from it. A lot of good things. And you asked earlier, you know, what does this change about the rest of the season? I don't think anything. I think we're still a pretty bad football team. I, I don't think we're going to make a bowl game, but I think to me, this proved that, you know, we do have the capabilities still to beat a number one team, to be a program. That's, that's not a joke in the sec. And that's a, that's a good enough takeaway for me. Yeah. Gives you a little hope, uh, which I guess at this point in the season is all we can ask for. And and I agree. I, I don't think I'm really setting my sights on a bowl quite yet. Uh, but it did give me hope that, you know, some of those games that I already written off as a loss uh, later on down the year, you know, maybe, just maybe we can hang and steal one or two of those. Uh, but I know where this movie is going. And uh, it was tune in three months from now to hear, hear me and Connor just, you know, crying over those losses in the future. Um, but you mentioned we had the capability to beat a number one team. So Connor, do you think in our lifetimes we will ever see Mizzou beat a number one football team uh, in the country? Uh, as long as I don't die young, uh, I think we've got to, right? The opportunities don't come along that often, which makes it hard. But being in the SEC, I think we should get, you know, one chance every couple of year, every every three four years maybe, um, and so that gives us you know let's say I live to sixty five, that gives us another fifteen chances to do it, and I would hope that once we can just pull one off. But I don't know. What about you? 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is our only chance is that just by virtue of playing Alabama and Georgia most years, or one of the two most years, at least, you know, with this new schedule that will be coming out, um, yeah, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. And at some point, it's got to go our way. But who knows? Yeah, well, on the note of uh, nothing going our way thus far, uh, this season uh, might be getting even worse. University of Kansas has cracked the AP poll. Uh, they are a top 25 team, and they are hosting college game day next week uh, as they host the TCU Horn Frogs. So, you know, that's the one thing we've been able to hang our hat on against Kansas is, well, we're better at them than football, um, but that might be losing it. So, Tyus, our hypothetical for college football this week is what are some things that Mizzou is still better at than Kansas or Missouri is still better at than Kansas? So I'll let you go ahead. We're just going to kind of go back and forth with some of the things we came up with. Great, yeah. And I do this. Some of mine are Mizzou-specific. Some of mine are the state of Missouri. Is that okay? Yep, that's exactly what I have as well. Great. Uh, so my first one then, uh, this is Mizzou, uh, is receiving punishments for their NCAA infractions. Mizzou has done a much better job at, at having consequences than Kansas in the past. Yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, the Adidas stuff, Bill Self, that criminal uh, they get away with everything. Uh, and you know what? We try to be the good guys, self-report about that stupid little tutor. Um, and so, yeah, we, we were really good at receiving punishments. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, okay. So my, my first one is going to be a state of Missouri one and it is generating elite hip hop artists. So, uh, I don't, I didn't know this one. Eminem was born in St. Joseph, Missouri, uh, so we've got Eminem, Akon was born in St. Louis, Nelly, a lot of St. Louis ties, Tech Nine from Kansas City, uh, and for this is one if you know you know Dink, aka the Show, nice little underground hip hop artist here from Kansas City, uh, and Kansas literally doesn't have any, so I think that's just an absolute bloodbath. Uh, Missouri's better than Kansas. Yeah, you could have said just tech nine and we would have we would have beaten kansas already that's that's a phenomenal one uh i'm glad you saw that okay uh my next one uh missouri is better at saying no to big macs than kansas uh kansas is ranked 15th in the nation in obesity rates among adults well missouri is way behind in 18th place so shout out to us uh we're just way healthier than kansas yeah i always knew the those fatties in kansas uh, we're just up to no good. And, and, you know, it's glad to see the numbers check out on that. You know, everybody I know from, from this side of the state line is, is very health conscious. So, uh, you know, we've got your number, Kansas. Yeah. And, and, you know, the critics might say that we're lower on that rate because we get more steps in from leaving our basketball games early to beat the traffic. Um, but I would never say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just the, the Hills, um, <laughs> Okay, my next one is going to be uh, burning down cities. Um, you know, throwing back in history here, but but in disregarding the undertones of, of what led to these events, Missouri successfully burnt down the entire city of Lawrence. Um, meanwhile, those Jayhawks just, just barely put a dent in academic hall. So uh, another pretty, no, pretty much no contest. Uh, we're better at burning down cities. I love it. Uh, I'm going to keep the criminal train rolling here. Uh, Missouri is also better at knowing how to party than Kansas. Um, 
Missouri has a much higher rate of methamphetamine use than Kansas. There's like double the rates according to some website I found online. So, so take that, Kansas. Yeah. Okay, I've got two more. Uh, my my next one's gonna be just beer. We're better at beer. Uh, Anheuser Busch. You got Boulevard, Log Boat, uh, and I couldn't think of a single brewery from the state of Kansas. So, again, a no contest. Missouri better than Kansas. Love it, yeah. And probably the most important category on this list. So, glad we're winning the ones that count. And to imagine that we still have that and a lower obesity rate, it's just a a good showing. (laughs) Absolutely. And it fits in with the knowing how to party as well. Um, I'm going to go with... Missouri is better at accepting others and or finding romantic partners outside of their own family tree. Uh, I was doing a little research into Kansas, and I just Googled, uh, like a scholar, bad things about Kansas. And one of the things that came up is that the Westboro Baptist Church uh, is located and based out of Topeka. Uh, that couldn't be us in Missouri. You know, we, we love everyone. We're inclusive. Um, you know, so, so bad on you, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, again, fat bigots is all we really have to say. Uh, okay, my last one is just going to be highways. Um, this isn't anything good about Missouri. Our highways are very normal, nothing really, really too great. But Kansas has to have the worst highway driving experience in the entire world. Just western Kansas is just the worst thing to drive through ever. And yet somehow they're going to put tolls on their, their, highways to make us pay to drive through that shit uh it's a disgrace to to the traffic the what do they call that modot k dot the department of transportation disgrace to them yeah and i'd go a step further and say it's a disgrace to the founding fathers uh and the principles that this nation was built upon that that we as as citizens have to pay taxes to drive on those roads so so i love that answer um my last one here is going to be Missouri and Mizzou is better at having a hold on reality in Kansas. Um, and that's simply because Jayhawks aren't real birds. I, I've still never gotten a good answer as to what a Jayhawk is supposed to be, whereas the Tigers were the kings of the jungle, um, and we are a real animal. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up our college football and Missouri better than Kansas segment. Uh, let's keep going. Okay, we're going to get going with a little MLB talk, a little home run talk. Uh, Aaron Judge for the Yankees has hit his 61st home run as of the time we are recording this, which ties the American League and Yankees record for most home runs in a season. Um, I think that's all the home run news we've had recently in the MLB. Tyus, can you think of anything? Uh, no, no, nothing's coming to mind, at least. Uh, and really, outside of this Aaron Judge run, I can't think of any news, kind of in baseball at large, that have been that has been of any significance recently. So, no, I think it's just Sam Bruiser. Okay, yeah. So, Aaron Judge, uh, I've been seeing on Twitter a lot people talking about, you know, trying to be the fan that catches this monumental home run ball, either the 61st or the 62nd or whatever his, his last home run of the season will be. Um, and so, Tyus, our hypothetical today is going to be if you caught a monumental home run ball from someone on your favorite team, uh, we're going to do a this or that for would you rather have that home run ball or fill in the blank. So I don't know what you did to prep. I was thinking of this as 
if you decide to keep the ball, you cannot do anything else with it later. Is that how you treated it? Like you couldn't resell it at a later date. Oh, so I was thinking you could, uh, but that's okay. I think as long as we are each consistent with our questions, um, I was kind of thinking of the ball and the the cash value that'd be attached to it. But I think as long as yours are all the same and mine are all the same, we're okay. Okay, perfect. Well, let's get going. Do you want me to go? I'll, I'll ask you the first one. Uh, okay. And it's a, it's a pretty easy one, nothing too flashy here. But everyone talks about the ball. Would you rather have the ball or the bat that was used to hit it? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and I think this is going to go, you know, right back to growing up on the schoolyard. And, uh, you know, bigger is better. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, the bat is bigger than the baseball here. Uh, so that's a, that's a point in the bat's favor. And the other thing is just the rarity of the bat. Like, uh, and you go to baseball games growing up and, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty common to catch a foul ball or to get one in batting practice ahead of time. Uh, but I don't know. I've, I've never even come close to getting a bat from a major league baseball player. So just any bat I think would be cooler than any foul ball, let alone the home run bat. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. My first one uh, is a brand new Chevy Impala. Uh, just kind of a basic new car. Nothing like fancy, but a Chevy Impala. Which would you rather have? Okay, so I would – do I answer yours as if I can keep the ball for money, for the value? Let's or, say no for this one because okay. obviously you can buy Yeah, so I would say if I, if it's just the ball sitting on my mantle or a Chevy Impala in the garage, I think I'm going to take – and I'm going to assume I can't just resell the Chevy Impala either, right. uh, and I'm going to take the ball. I think the ball you can at least like – People would come to your house and be like, holy cow, that's so cool that you have that. I don't think anybody's like walking into your garage to grab a beer from the fridge and just like mind blown over an Impala. So I'm taking the ball over the Chevy Impala. The envy of all your neighbors. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the right answer. Okay, uh, I'll go a little bit different here. Uh, Would you rather have the ball or a lifetime supply of Little Caesars? Okay, that's hilarious because my next question is a lifetime supply of food from Quick Trip. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's unbelievable. Uh, So I thought about this. Uh, My answer is going to be the ball simply because I already enjoy going to Little Caesars. um, And it's not like I'm paying a lot of money for this food. Um, And so really the only benefit of taking the food is saving some money when, you know, I I already don't mind going and buying food from from little caesar so it's not like adding any benefit to my life or like adding anything new and special whereas having the ball on my mantle be like like you said a new conversation starter or kind of a cool thing where i could walk by and be like oh yeah that's a significant you know historical piece of uh, of memorabilia so i would say the ball what would you say if it were quick trip or little caesars yeah i hate to piggyback too much and i am not even sure i would have thought of all that great logic on my own but you bring up some great points and i think the biggest thing was it's not like it's a huge burden right now for me to pay like 350 for for some roller like roller grill lunch from quick trip so i uh I, i'd rather just keep the keep paying for my quick trip and have the ball totally totally uh so i'll move on to my next next question then uh and would you rather have the home run ball or a point zero 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 that's three zeros 
6% ownership stake in your favorite baseball team. So in this case, it'd be the Royals, Connor. Um, so that that's equivalent to about $2 million, uh, of equity uh, of the team. I looked up the Cubs, um, you know, what they're worth. Uh, and so that that's equivalent to what the wet internet said the Aaron Judge home run ball would go for in an auction. So basically, $2 million, $2 million worth of ownership in your favorite baseball team or the ball worth $2 million. Very fun one. I'm I'm taking the equity. Uh, the ball would be cooler uh, thing to have, right? Like it's 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 not cool to just say you have equity. I mean, it is cool, but I think the ball would be cooler. But the the perks that would come along with being an owner, you know, you get like season tickets, the press box, or like the owners suites at the games. You know, you'd get a World Series ring, maybe. I don't know how that works. If if somehow the Royals ever win another World Series. Um, but, but really it's the longevity of it, being the owner, having that, uh, and getting to do that the rest of your life. I would, I would take that. What would you do for the Cubs? Yeah, same thing. And again, not to piggyback off you, but I think you're pretty much guaranteed, um, you know, season tickets if you're that significant of an owner, even though it's really small. Um, and also just like, I think it would be really cool to say, by the way, I'm an owner of this team that I love. Like, I think every little kid dreams of of doing that in some way. So yeah, I would say the clout over the, the memorabilia there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I've got uh next one, a full weekend to just hang out with whoever hit the ball. I mean, that really depends on who it is. So what's, what am I doing? Am I just like, you're like my- living it up with them. Like I was thinking if it was Mahomes, I'd get to like, Mahomes is building a sick lake house at the Ozarks right now. So I'd get to like go down to the Lake of the Ozarks with like Mahomes and Kelsey and just party all weekend, play golf, yeah, live I, it up with I, them. I I would take the weekend. I'm a big proponent of experiences over material things, um, and I think I mean the cool thing of the ball is being able to always look at it and be like, that is the home run ball. That's awesome. But I think you could like you could take pictures on your phone of hanging out with these guys. Uh, that would be just as cool in that regard. Um, yeah, and it'd be just so much fun. So I take the weekend. Since you just said that, I have I have a small one that is gonna touch on that. Uh, would you rather have, and again, no value attached to these for what I'm asking. Would you rather have the ball or a picture of you with who hit the person who hit it? Oh, uh, am I like holding the ball in that picture? Sure. Yeah. Yeah i I think I think I'd rather have the picture. Yeah, because that's like me. Uh, that's more personal. Maybe they sign it too. Um, yeah. What, what's your answer to that? I think I'd rather have the picture for sure. Have if we, have if we there's no money, oh, yeah. if there's no money attached. Right. Right. Have we chosen the ball yet? Either one of us. I chose the ball over uh, one of the ones you gave me. Oh yeah, the the, the Chevy Impala. Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I got two left. Um, my next one, I think, is going to be very close to your heart. Would you rather have the home run ball or the ability to dunk a basketball? Oh, man. I, uh, my first real blog was about this. Uh, I'm taking the ability to dunk a basketball. Uh, I've gone on, on, on record discussing how much that would mean to me in life. I grew up as a little kid thinking that it was inevitable. My dad's 6'5", so I always thought, you know, I just got to get older before I'm able to dunk, and I have never been able to. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, and like you said, experiences over, over material items, I would give up just about anything to be able to dunk a basketball. That's even if the $2 million is included. 
Oh, God. Uh, no, I'd take $2 million. If I was <laughs> if I was 16 and you asked me that, I'd take dunking. But at this point in life, I'd take the $2 million. I'd only, like, I'm not, not hooping too much these days. <laughs> I'm so glad you answered that. I was worried for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> All right, my last one for you, not to jump in front of you, but I don't know how many you have left. Um, my last one is a date with Ana de Armas. I had that on my list as well. Uh, what I was going to try to, I was hoping you would clarify, is this like a, a pity date, like I won it at an auction, or is this like I, I wooed her enough to get her to say yes to go on a date with me? Uh, let's say it's a real date, but there's absolutely no guarantee of a second date or any follow-up. Okay, I would. Uh, do I? I would. If money involved, I would take the ball. No money involved with the ball, I'd take the date. Okay, w- why is that? Just uh, the the thrill of getting to spend a night with her, even if there nothing came of it, would be great. But it also comes with the risk of it going poorly, and then my internal just like hope thoughts about her would be ruined you know i would never be able to to dream about it again because i let it i had the chance and i lost it so that that's the con of it um two million dollars i'd rather just not have the risk and continue to dream but if it's just over a ball on my shelf i'd rather have the chance yeah it's one of those things you never fail if you never try um so yeah i like that yeah exactly sometimes the thought of something is better than the the reality of it too you know kind of like having a podcast (laughs) oh man okay i've just got one more uh and you know ball is to baseball uh that's uh, sports we're big sports people but would you rather have the ball or a sword used in game of thrones i was trying to think of some sort of prop from from a movie or show that you really liked yeah i like that um if you would have said a sword from like a real medieval battle or something like that, that was like, you know, <laughs> game worn or game used, uh, I probably would have taken the sword. But I think just like the, the fact that it's a prop from the show is less cool to me. Okay. Um, like it wasn't really used. Um, so I think I take the ball, which was actually hit in the game. All right. Well, yeah, that's all I had. And you're out as well. Yep. Okay. Well, that is this or that talking about. You know, the only home run story of the year, Aaron Judge. Okay, movie talk time. Uh, We're going to do our weekly segment here where I'm going to ask a hypothetical. uh, And you listeners can, can think along as we go. Try to see if you can pick up what movie we're talking about. So, Tyus, are you ready? Right on, baby. Okay. So hypothetically, if you were abused as a child and became an orphan, but then you were able to chase the American dream, you became, you know, a universal sex symbol. So much so that you got to get down and dirty with the sons of a famous actor, you know, let's a president, we could say like maybe the first Catholic one, uh, maybe even a baseball player. Who would you want to be casted for your role? Ooh. Uh, first question just off the top. Uh, would this be an actress or an actor? Um, I think whatever tickles your fancy, really. All right. I, I think I'll go actress for this one. I, um, 
You know, first thing that comes to mind, I think I'm going to go Rosie O'Donnell. You got any explanation for that? No, just a field thing, uh, I think. Okay, yeah. Seems seems like that's right up her alley. Um, I was thinking, and this just, po- like, first thing that popped into my head um, might just be because I have a personal affinity towards her, but Ana de Armas, maybe? Mm, yeah, I know we both love her. I I really can't see her signing up for a movie like this, like, based on her track record and, and you know, her resume. Okay. I, I don't think it would be for her. All right, well, I'll give you the other, other one I was thinking then. Um, Jason Siegel. A lot of people tell me I kind of look like him, have a similar personality. So, you know, I he, he seems like a sex symbol to me. Um, so maybe I would just go Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Ooh. Yeah, I uh, I could absolutely see that. I think he'd be – I mean, he shines in all of his roles, but I, I think he'd be great at that. Um, you know, the, now I'm thinking about it more, I, I think we're thinking too modern here. Uh, you know, there's a whole catalog of actresses and actors out there that – you know, throughout history of cinema could be great for this role. So I'm thinking back and, you know, one of the most famous, you know, actresses from the 50s, 60s that always comes to mind for me is, uh, is Marilyn Monroe. What, what do you think about her? Dude, that's a good answer. Definitely a sex symbol. Um, I think she hooked up with a lot of pretty famous people too, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard that, right? Like, Joe DiMaggio, I think was one of them. Yeah, yeah, JFK even too. So yeah, wow, forgot about that. Okay, well, I think we've exhausted this hypothetical. <laughs> Tyus, do you want to uh, you want to unveil the movie we're talking about this week? Yeah, real tough one this week. If you got it, give yourself a pat on the back. This week's movie is Blonde, starring Marilyn Monroe. Just kidding, Ana de Armas. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ana de Armas. Tyus and I both watched this movie, or at least a uh, a part of this movie. Uh, Tyus, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, so yeah, we we planned that this would be a movie for a while, and it came out on Netflix last week. So you know, you guys know how much we love Ana de Armas. Uh, so we were excited for it, um, and I sat down, ready to go. Uh, first thing that came to mind as I hit play it was that holy cow, this is two and a half hours. And I think if you're going to make any movie two and a half hours, it better damn well be a masterpiece. Um, and let's just say this one was not. Uh, I, I made it about 30 minutes in this movie that I was like looking forward to, like, you know, at least seeing what it was about. Um, I just had to turn it off because it was it was just, the acting was terrible. The dialogue was awful. Um, I wasn't really sure what the actual point of it was other than just like little glimpses into the life of Marilyn Monroe. Um but Connor, it sounded like you made it a lot farther along than I did. So what did you think? Yeah, so the main reason I made it further than 30 minutes is because my biggest gripe with the movie, Anand Armas was not in like the first 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I don't think this is a spoiler alert. It's pretty hard to spoil a biopic. But the thing I hated the most about it, and overall I didn't think it was like the worst movie ever, but the whole... I like it when movies like this do flashbacks. So they put you in, you know, later in life, and then they might show flashbacks to, you know, the the youth of the main main person that's been the subject of the movie. But this was like twenty five straight minutes of Marilyn Monroe as a young child, without getting into like any of the the stuff that we know or that we're excited about. And with that, everything was kind of depressing and like sad and slow. And you know, I get that. 
that's that's like a huge part of her life was the you know the darkness of it but again when i'm seeing a biopic especially about someone like marilyn monroe like she was a very exciting life like a very exciting person and i get that this was a glimpse into the the, the inside what was going on inside but i would have loved to just like get roped in more with like the the fun side of marilyn monroe and then you know juxtapose that with uh with good word with, with the uh with the youth stories so i don't know I, overall again i i agree not like the best movie it was nice to see on Darmus in some some certain situations but uh i agree that the the script like the dialogue seemed kind of like totally phony and mm-hmm. i just didn't like like the general structure setup of the movie yeah yeah i think the flashback point is is really great too because there's just like no context that first 25 minutes it's just there's this little girl and like things are going poorly for her and like especially in a biopic where marilyn monroe is known for like her career as an actress and you know sensation so that's like like a hooking point for us like okay like we kind of are familiar with the space and then we can go back into kind of the past trauma and that can explain why she's acting some of the way she is where it felt like so heavy-handed and forced that like they're trying to draw these connections to her mother's like pain and mental issues and lead that into like her own as she was going on in her career and it's like okay like it was just too quick for me and yeah some some flashbacks and kind of getting the story more clearly early on would have been better for me i think yeah and i don't know about you but like i'm not a huge marilyn monroe like fan i don't know much about her i figured it was a stage name but you know the whole first part of it as a kid they're just calling her norma jean and i was like 90 percent sure that that was her but i wasn't positive and i was just like what is going on right here <laughs> that's a great point yeah i was there with you so that that's our review. Uh, I gave it a thirty-eight on my movie ranking scale, so not not very good. Um, but it's on to Armis, so it's, it's tough to put it too low. I I gave it the same score that I would have given myself had I accepted the date with Armas from earlier in the show, and that's a uh, DNF. Did not finish. <laughs> I think I would have finished on the date, but uh, okay, we'll cut that one off. That's movie time. Right, do what you want to do. Well, if you like chocolate cake. Um, and you eat a piece, uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how, that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, uh, that, that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. And then, uh, you, you need to, you're going to try to go get it if you can. You know, that's. Let's get started with our next segment. And Connor, before we begin this one, I got some bad news for you. Oh, God. What's up? We're already. A quarter of the way through the NFL season this year. Uh, not quite. It's a we we play seventeen games now. Thank thank the heavens above. But that ah. is saddening. Still, I hadn't had that hadn't clicked with me. What a what a gift from from the good Lord above. All right, sorry. that was like and the perfect got, fight or flight. Guys. Like my body was like, can't, you can't let it be true, and I just immediately fought back with the seventeen game season. So. <laughs> No, that's good. You have to fight for what you believe in. Um, so, so thank you. Uh, but yes, uh, another successful NFL week in the books, um, and an especially successful week for our favorite teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles. But the Chiefs uh, just uh, shit pumping of the Bucks on Sunday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes said, "Tom Brady, you should have stayed retired. This is my league now." Uh, so, Connor, as a fan, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So Sunday Night Football under the lights. 
in Raymond James Stadium. Super Bowl was there a couple years ago. Still had a sour taste in the mouth. And we just come out and put our foot on their throats. Uh, final score was 41-31. But like you said, it felt like more of a shit pumping than that. Uh, my biggest takeaway was that our O-line looked awesome. And that was the exact thing that, that really did us in in the Super Bowl uh, two years ago. The O-line was banged up. And Patrick Mahomes had a hurt toe. So, like, they would put pressure on us, and we just couldn't couldn't stop it. And this year it was the exact opposite. The O-line held up well, and then when they got pressure, Mahomes was able to make things happen. Uh, that crazy play down the sideline, flipping it up to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, just an awesome game, really fun. Uh, 41 points against the best defense in the league. I think that just goes to show that when the Chiefs are on, uh, there's no way to stop them. So, Really excited about things to come. Great bounce back after last week, and it's kind of a, a, a nice juxtaposition. Can you say good word? Oh, sorry. Uh, good word. Yeah, nice for- juxtaposition from last week. You know, we muffed the punt on the first drive. Uh, Colts scored. Everything went against us this week. First play of the game, kickoff. We force a fumble, get the ball, and go march down and score. So, I think that goes to show that anything can happen in the NFL. A few few swing plays here or there, but the Chiefs looked like an awesome team. And uh, the Eagles, they uh, they they went up against the Jaguars, right? Yes. And and real quick, let me let me push back. Actually, I've thought about it more, and I want to juxtapose your comment there. Uh, I actually don't think juxtaposition is is a good word. I think it's a fraud good word. I think when everyone thinks of like, ooh, what's like this big word that I know? I feel like juxtaposition is always presented as like the special word for like English class and stuff because we all learn about it. Um, so I'm going to take that back. I don't want to give you a false, a false, uh, you know, credit for, for something that I don't know if you deserve. All right. Well, you can F right off, sir, and start talking <laughs> about the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I deserve that one. Um, yeah. So, so the Eagles, um, yeah, you know, I, we got down 14-0 pretty quickly, um, which was really our first adversity of the year, I think. Like, everything has just been going right for us from from week one. So it's kind of nice to get some 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 problems and get some things going wrong uh, because we responded so well. I think we outscored. We went on, like, a 20 to nothing run after going down 14-0. Jalen Hurts threw a pick six. Um, so it's good because as the season goes on, if we're going to keep succeeding, keep doing well, things aren't going to be as, as easy as it's felt so far. So I, I like that we're getting some some experience there now and i do think the jaguars like i said last week uh in my over under are better than they're supposed to be um uh, or were supposed to be at the beginning of the season um the last note i had on this game was it was just awesome to see doug peterson come home um all the players like smiling and dapping him up after the game lane johnson was tearing up and he was crying talking about him in the locker room afterwards uh and there's just you know you talked about your super bowl memories against the bucks in raymond james stadium those brought back happy memories of my Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, the Eagles, uh, now, geez, five years ago. Um, so, yeah, that was just that was just something that made me smile. Yeah, yeah, I saw a clip with of him and Jalen Hurts hugging it up. And, uh, yeah, Doug Peterson just seems like one of the all-time just, like, likable guys. Uh, hindsight, I, I wish I would have taken him in the dad draft. Um, but, you know what, I, uh, I'm happy for you. Eagles, only 4-0 team left, right? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. So, uh, we'll we'll see how things go, and you know, with the way our teams are playing here, we might not even be a fifth of the way done, if you know what I'm saying, Tyus. Heck yeah, brother. 
All right. Well, uh, we can move on now to the least surprising surprise of the week. Tyus, what do you got? All right. I got two, if that's okay. Okay. Give give one, and then I'll give one in case so you don't steal both of mine. Here. Actually, why don't you just go first? Because I, I, one is kind of a joke. Okay. I've got two as well. I'll just give one to start. Uh, and mine is Matt Ryan for throwing throwing over 350 yards and still losing. Um it seemed like this whole thing was get him to Indianapolis, let him get on a on a great team, great offense, and and finally his good throwing abilities will will lead to wins. Uh, but it was just more of the uh, Falcons there. He can he can march down, score a lot of points, throw a lot of yards, but just not winning games. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. And I'm actually going to talk about the Colts a little bit later. So teaser for you listeners out there. Um, so I got two least surprising surprises, and if I don't take your other one. Connor, feel free to throw it in at the end. Uh, but my first one is that the liberal media got all upset because Tua got a little boo-boo playing a game that he loves. Um, I, I'm just kidding. That's that's, that's not a, <laughs> a surprise. I, I don't want us to get canceled here. Uh, my real least surprising surprise um, is that a saint had some trouble with a crossbar in front of a crowd of cheering Englishmen. Um, so this has kind of been a tradition throughout history. Uh, Joan of Arc, you know, helped the French fight against the English in the Hundred Years' War. Um, but then the English, they captured her, burned her at the stake. Kind of looks like a crossbar. Uh, St. Thomas More, uh, he kind of rebelled against his once friend, Henry VIII, uh, and who was trying to start his own Anglican church. And St. Thomas More said, no, we will follow the Pope. And he was executed for it in front of a crowd of cheering Englishmen. Will Lutz, the kicker for the Saints. Game on the line, 60-yarder off not one, but two crossbars for a doink, and the Saints fall in a losing effort. In front of a bunch of Englishmen. In front of a bunch of Englishmen, that's right. Oh, man. That was uh, that was masterfully done, and I can't even say my second one because it would just pale in comparison. I think we gotta we got to put that in the louvre of least surprising surprises, and I'm going to have to step my game up for next week. In front of a crowd of cheering Englishmen. In front of a cl- crowd of cheering Englishmen. Oh, geez. Okay, that was well done. Yeah, that double doink was brutal. I did have the Vikings in that game gambling, so I it, it was good for me to see. But, yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I always, ever since the Eagles-Bears playoff game a few years ago, I always get, like, a little hint of happiness every time I see one. So it was fun for me, too. <laughs> Okay, well that uh, that wraps up the least surprising surprises of week four, and we can do our last little NFL bit. You guys should know what's coming by now. It is the season total showdown. So recap, I think the, the one in most jeopardy right now is Tyus under, what is it, eight and a half, nine and a half on the Cowboys? They're three and one. Yeah, yeah they're three and one, and it's looking like Cooper Rush might be the quarterback for the rest of the season. Um yeah, I'm 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 getting a little sweaty about that one. But that that's the past. One of these days we'll have to do a more thorough breakdown of, of where we lay, maybe halfway through the season. We'll we'll kind of assess that in more detail. But Tyus, what are you gonna take for the AFC in this week? So you mentioned Matt Ryan before, and I'm taking the Colts under nine and a half. Um I don't have a lot of reason for this and they're in a pretty bad division so this may end up biting me but they just looked so bad and i don't think they've had a particularly hard schedule outside of the chiefs which is the one game they won um 
but I don't really see a path to them improving with Matt Ryan. I don't think he's necessarily been the problem, and the rest of the roster is supposed to be good. This is mostly a field thing, and my brother is a huge Colts fan, so it'll just make him mad. Uh, so I'm taking the Colts under 9.5. Who's your AFC pick? Yeah, I like the Colts one. The eye test has just been an utter failure for them. Um, but I'm staying away from the Colts just because, like you said, schedule, division, a lot of question marks. You can see it going a lot of ways. My AFC, P- AFC pick this week uh, is the Patriots under 8.5 wins. Um, they're 1-3 and three now, and they just flat out have no talent on their team. Mac Jones, a uh, little bit injured. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and unlike the, the Colts, that division seems to be pretty tough at least. Bills and Dolphins have both looked pretty good, and then the Jets are Jets are frisky. So I'm taking Patriots under eight and a half. Yeah, another good eye test pick. I just I was looking at this one too, and I just can't bring myself to bet against Belichick like that because um, I know if I were to do it and they were to turn it around, I just feel like such an idiot. So not to put that on you. Yeah, um, that, that's just me if if I made the pick. No, that's a that's a very fair criticism. But who are you, who are you taking for the NFC? Uh. You know, as a, a, you know, an honest, red-blooded American, I'm refusing to take two unders in this week's uh, edition. So I'm going with an over for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they're at two and two, and their over/under line is only at four and a half. So they only have to win three more games uh, in the rest of the year, and they still haven't played the Panthers yet once. So that's got to be at least two wins right there. Um, so yeah, I think they'll get three more wins. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great segue. I'll go ahead and get into mine, and then we can discuss both. Mine is the Panthers under six and a half wins. Uh, <laughs> pretty low number, but another one and three team with a terrible quarterback situation. Uh, and this one's even easier because they already have a terrible coach as well. Um, this one I think was one of the easiest bets for me of the season. Uh, call it a lefty Lynch lock of the season, if you will, at this point. But I'm taking Panthers under six and a half. I like the Falcons pick. Uh, the only reason I held off for them is I looked at their schedule. It gets pretty tough here in the next few weeks, I think, and then eases back up. So I was going to wait uh, for now, see if they could squeak out a win uh, in one of those before I before I laid my cards down on them. Yeah, no, that's I, yeah, that's that's a good point, and I like the Panthers one. Uh, the only problem was I like the Falcons one a little bit more, and the NFC. I feel like I can read the NFC board pretty well, famous last words. Uh, but I, I felt pretty confident about all my NFC picks. The AFC picks, I struggle with. Uh, I don't know if you noticed a similar trend, but yeah, I almost, I'm almost the opposite, and I wonder if that's just because I'm more in tune with the Chiefs and the AFC, and and vice versa for you. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I went overs with my first two weeks all four picks and now unders with with my most recent four picks so i'm trying to even it back out here but we'll see how things go yeah and hopefully our scores get even back out as well but that'll do it for the nfl picks for this week you're fucking crazy but i can't turn down free money you got a bit okay it is time for three bets uh, to recap last week, uh, Oregon State got absolutely killed by Utah, so that was a loser. Uh, Tyus tailed that, so we were both 0-1 to start the week through Saturday. Um, but rest assured, the lefty Lynch lock of the week came through. Cardinals were underdogs and beat the Panthers outright. Tyus faded that one, so I'm 1-1 through the first two. Tyus is 0-2, but he got me back on Monday night. 
the fraudulent Rams got absolutely shit pumped by the 49ers. Tyus faded that one. So we both ended one and two. Tyus, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I told you Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay outside of that one playoff matchup. Um, so shame on you for not listening to me, those of you who didn't. Um, but, you know, much has been made of I was undefeated going into this week um, and, you know, falling off to one and two. People are starting to get a little concerned, ask questions. You know, was I doing some cheating of my own uh, in this section? Um, but I think I just want to put it out there. You know, I like doing this segment. I enjoy saying Taylor Fade. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, growing up, I have a younger brother and I'd be playing Madden with him on, on the PlayStation a lot. And it's only fun if he's still trying to play. And if I was beating him too badly, he would just quit and, and give up. And, and I'm sitting downstairs holding my controller by myself. Um, that was not an innuendo. Sorry. Um, and uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry for getting off track there. Um, but the reason I bring that up is to say that sometimes I would have to let him score a touchdown in Madden so that he would keep playing with me and I'd have something to do. So by letting by losing some of these games, you know, I keep things interesting for you, Connor, and, and we get to keep doing this segment. So I view it as a win-win for all of us. Yeah, you're such a thoughtful and nice guy for doing that. Uh, unfortunately, I went one and two as well, so you didn't really let me back in at all. <laughs> Basically, like uh, you let me score a touchdown and then just return the kickoff right back against me. So we're we're kind of where we started, but that will move us on to uh, this week's three bets. So little switch up. I, I've been a little bit uh, more in tune with college football, I feel like. So I'm doing two college picks and one NFL pick. So my first college pick, uh, I'm taking the Tennessee Volunteers minus three at LSU. Uh, I think Tennessee's look good. LSU, not as good. Uh, I think three points should be easy for Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think, I, like you said, LSU, I, I don't have a lot of faith in them. I think they've struggled. And Tennessee puts up a lot of points, so when they win, they win big. I don't think three points is, you know, they're kind of trading as a toss-up, and I think if Tennessee does win, they're going to win by a lot. So I'm going to tell you on this one. All right. Uh, my next pick, I'm taking another orange team, another team on the road, and another underdog. I'm taking the Texas Longhorns, or another favorite, sorry, Texas Longhorns minus seven at Oklahoma. Mm. Quinn Ewers supposed to be healthy. I think Oklahoma's looked like absolute donkey dick. Uh, so this is just a, just a feel bet. Yeah, um... You know, I was going to say that Oklahoma needs to win this game really badly, but so does Texas. I mean, both teams are kind of bad and have been struggling. So, so it's a get-right game for both of them. Um, Quinn Ewers coming back is huge. Seven points is a lot for a rivalry game. But you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna tell you on this one. I'll, I'll ride the wave. That game for Alabama was awesome. That's the only time I've watched Texas this year. Um, let's go. Uh, hook them. Okay, well, we, I like that. We got two tails. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think we're going to be hard-pressed for you to to fade this one because my NFL pick this week is the Eagles minus 5.5. Eagles minus 5.5. Um, I didn't write down who they're playing, but they must have been somebody shitty. Do you know? No, this is really bad. I don't. I was I was hoping you'd say it before you asked me so I didn't look like a fraud. Um, <laughs> and here we are. Uh, okay, we'll cut this. It's the Cardinals. They're playing the Cardinals. Eagles minus five and a half versus the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals suck. I bet on them last week because they were playing the Panthers. They were scaring me. Uh, I think they're really bad. Tyus, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't remember, because I'm just so used to Cardinals not playing sports in October uh, professionally, so so that's why it must have slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, I, I think just for the, the sanctity of this game and for my own personal happiness, I am going to fade you here, uh, purely cause, because, you know, I'll be happy if the Eagles win and cover anyways. Um, so it's no skin off my back, plus just keep seeing it's interesting. So I'll fade. What the hell? All right. All right. I like it. Somehow I think the Eagles are going to like win by five and you'll be happy on both accounts. Uh, and I'll be sad on both, but, uh, that, that wraps up three bets. Uh, by the way, didn't want to blow it again. The lefty Lynch lock of the week, Tennessee minus three at LSU. Think they think they're going to steamroll them. So congrats on tailing this week. <laughs> I don't know what else I can say. And if you want me to say I fucked up, I fucked up. Write it. Okay, so we are going to talk a, a little bit of sports roundup, a little bit of just internet roundup. Uh, there have been a lot of cheating scandals going on. And we're not talking about the Ime Udoka or the Adam Levine type of cheating. Uh, we've got some some cheaters in, in competitions. So uh, internet went crazy this week for a cheating in competitive fishing. Uh, there were these two guys who had won a recent competition and, and been doing really well. And uh, they basically got put on blast. Some fellow competitors cut open the fish that they had been catching and found like lead weights and then like meat of other fish and animals stuffed inside their fish which obviously got their weight up their pounds up and and led them to win uh that's not the only cheating scandal what ha what else has happened ties yeah you know in fact we have two more in other kind of niche sports so the first one was in poker i, I don't know exactly what event it was but um a very lovely woman uh, went all in and called some guy's bet on he was he was bluffing and she had nothing to match. Um, it was Jack High, I think, and, and won the hand. Uh, but I think everyone was just it, I guess people who know poker. I don't really know poker. Uh, say that's absolutely never the time you call. And that's, that was just a wrong move on lots of levels from her. Uh, but it worked out. And she won the hand because the guy they're alleging uh she knew he was bluffing and so knew her jack would be his his lower cards uh so that's the poker cheating scandal more a little more famously and a little more unique on the chess side of things because uh, there's a chess cheating scandal i didn't even know it was possible to cheat in chess other than hey look over there let me move your queen um <laughs> but i guess there is because some guy i i guess was caught using anal beads uh that would signal him whatever the right move was going to be. I, you know, admittedly didn't look too much into the mechanics of it. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, just, you know, wait for the facts to come out, um, among wait. other things before I make my decision. Wait till um, you're alone, at least, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait till I'm not on a public internet browser, at least. Um, and so, uh, that leads me to our hypothetical of the week. Uh, and for this cheating scandal, the question is, Connor, what activities or competitions would you want to win so desperately that you'd be willing to wear anal beads in order to achieve success? Um, I was thinking maybe we could, <laughs> I was, I was thinking maybe we could just tell a story of a time we cheated at something instead. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. I, didn't have any notes for this one anyway so yeah let's let's do your idea okay okay yeah i feel i feel more comfortable doing that i'll go ahead and, and get things going there 
the one time I cheated uh, pretty bad was my senior year dual credit calculus class. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the person I cheated off will go unnamed. Um, so let's just make up a name and say it was Gerard Harker. Um, <laughs> we were in uh, we were in calculus together. I had no, generally I'm pretty good at math. Like I feel like I'm I'm good at it. I liked math most of most of school. But calculus came around, and I just had no clue what was going on. It was one of those where I tried to get by in high school without really studying or working too much like outside of school, and calculus definitely required me to do that. And so rather than put in a little extra effort, uh, I just cheated off Gerard Harker, and he knew I was cheating off him for every single homework and every single exam. Uh, and with that, I still just got a C- minus in the class, which was the and he got like an A. He was very very good at calculus, um, but that was like the bare minimum I could get to satisfy the dual credit, get college credit, and never have to take math again. So shout out Gerard, uh, Mister McGorry, if he comes after you, uh, I'll I'll make sure this was all a joke. Yeah, well, I think the um, what's the legal term of that? The uh, oh shoot, it's not double jeopardy. Statute uh, of limitations. Statute of limitation. Thank you. Uh, has probably run out on that, so I think Gerard's safe. But how bad are you cheating? How how are you that far behind him, dude? So it's one of those. It's like in the middle of the exam, it would get obvious because he had you know he would finish it, and I'm trying to like look over and get his answers, and so he would be done, and then I'd have like one or two question, one or two questions left on the eight question exam that I didn't have his help on. So I think it was really suspicious then because it's like, it's not like I'm getting, you know, partial credit on all of them. I'm like acing six, (laughs) six questions and getting nothing on the rest. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I could argue that I did a great job cheating because I got everything I needed and, uh, you know, never got caught. Yeah. And, and you can always spin it. You're like one of those horses that can, the Kentucky Derby that just comes out on fire and it's like leading the way for the first like two thirds of the race and yep. then falls off late. You, you ran out of endurance. What can you say? Yeah. Not the first time I've heard that one. <laughs> All right, well, uh, moving on, uh, I'll get on to my cheating scandal. Um, also a, a school related one, um, but a little bit different one. Um, so my junior year of high school, just, just a regular English class. Um, I had a substitute for most of the first semester because the teacher I was supposed to have was on, have was on maternity leave. Um, and so during this time, we were supposed to read the Scarlet Letter. Um, now, I, I think I mentioned before, I, I genuinely like, generally like reading, usually like classics even, but this book was just terrible, like not even remotely interesting, hard to read, just I don't have enough bad things to say about the Scarlet Letter. Uh, but anyway, so I didn't read and... You know, I was pretty good about at least spark noting most of the books that I didn't read in, in school. Uh, but I didn't even spark note this one. That's how, how, how bad it was. Um, and we get to the day of the test. Uh, and turns out I was not the only one who didn't read. Uh, so I'm going through this like 25 question multiple choice test over this garlic letter, just like kind of starting to sweat because like I have, I have absolutely no clue. Didn't, I don't even know if I knew the test was that day. Um, which was, you know, not very common. I was usually a pretty good student, but... Um, okay, we get it, we get it. Yeah, yeah you know. Um, but it turns out no one else in my class had read either. And I think at one point, someone in the class just, like, lifted their head up and said to the sub, like, hey, like, I don't know any of this. Like, can, can we have another day? <laughs> and so my substitute teacher, Mrs. Hayes, love her to death, sweetest old lady in the world. She goes, you know what? 
why don't we just go ahead and take a, a class test and, and we'll do it all together. And so me and 25 of the rest of the people in my class got in this big circle and the two kids that actually read told us all the answers and we all aced the test. Uh, so I, it wasn't really active cheating on my end, but I, I feel I was complicit. Um, and, you know, um, but, you know, I still got my my grades, still feel like I got a good English education, know what the word juxtaposition means. So, uh, you know, what really did I lose out on? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be the most wholesome cheating story I've ever heard because, uh, you know, you had permission. But a couple thoughts. One, congrats to your actual teacher on the sex. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, two, you should have just watched Easy A instead of reading the Spark Notes because that's, that's an entertaining movie. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's I, it's like a it it's historically accurate too. I don't know about historically, but I'm sure <laughs> that, I'm sure sure it follows the plot of the book. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. But yeah, so now uh because of that, Connor and I are forced to wear a C on our chest for the rest of the our podcasting career. And no, it's not because we're captains. But thanks for watching this segment. And for listening to it. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. I think they miss it. All right, we are going to get going with our starting five for this episode. We've got on a very special guest, uh, a longtime friend of mine, Caleb Fraking. Caleb, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. What's up? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited. Uh, you uh, you you sh- jumped to my mind when Tyus and I thought of this idea because today's starting five uh, is board games. Board games. So just drafting board games, pretty straightforward this week. Um, we already did the Wheel of Names, and Tyus, you are up first. All right, well, I'm ready to go if you guys are. Yeah, let's hit it. All right, let's do it. Um, so my number one, uh, I don't know if this is the conventional number one overall pick and it might have been around later on but i just wouldn't have been able to live with myself uh if one of you guys took it instead of me so i'm gonna go with my personal favorite game and that is scattergories uh it's easy to learn you know you can play it with any size of group which i think is pretty important you know you got two people or you got eight people you can kind of mix and match however you like uh it kind of rewards creativity uh which is fun you know trying to figure out uh the double letters or kind of uh puns or plays on words uh and and finally just i feel like there's lots of fodder for arguments uh debating whether or not you know someone's answer fits within the category uh and that's always fun too so so categories is my pick yeah i love categories i definitely had it on my list it's it's a unique one you know it's 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 a, a game unlike any other uh i don't know if i would have taken it first round or second so it probably would have gotten back to you if it were up to me but i did have it on my list and was was eyeing it for the later rounds yeah, I don't know about that one, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> that was a, once again good, good game, but yeah, may have been a little bit of a reach there at one. But he went and got his guy. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, the guy from Draft Day with Kevin Costner, uh, Johnny Mac. No matter what, that's my categories. Yep. Well, we'll see how the rest of the board falls for you. Uh, I'll go ahead and get going with my pick. Uh, I'm taking pretty chalk, but a, a good game. I feel like. Uh, this game is the epitome of towing the line between being a little nerdy but fun for everyone, and I'm taking Settlers of Catan, Catan, however you want to say it. Um, it's a great game, Str- like good amount of strategy, good amount of luck, uh, the bartering with other people, the trades, and and you know 
you can give a big F you, like I'm not going to give you three wood for your two sheep, whatever it may be. I think it, it kind of touches a lot of bases. So I'm taking settlers. Yeah, that's a, that's an absolute great pick, Connor. I, I, that was a game that absolutely lived on in college with the boys late nights, having some beers, playing Catan. And well, like you said, nothing but bringing out arguments over dumb stuff, but it was fantastic. So I agree. Great pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good fit for you, Connor, after spending, you know, your whole childhood and early adult, you know, refusing to give up your wood. So, so continuing that on with, with Catan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, the only thing I had to say about this one is my family got it for, for Christmas a few years ago. And I think we played it 16 times in the first week that we had it. So yeah, great game. One of my all time favorites. Love the pick. Good stuff. All right. Guest picker, Caleb, you got two. What's it going to be? All right. Yeah. Thanks guys. I, uh, I am stoked right here. I got two picks back to back and my number one was not even taken here on the first two, but an absolute OG classic best board game of all time, Monopoly. How can you not take Monopoly? Absolute lessons, life lessons learned in this game. Everyone grows up playing this game at just the fundamental of how the world works. You own everything and destroy everyone else, but no, it, just kidding. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> The best part about this is not only just you get Monopoly, you get all the different versions too. So this is a, an absolute steel lock of a number one pick for myself. Yeah, I was so tempted to take it. Uh, like you said, a lot of the versions, I had like NFLopoly growing up. That was like my favorite game to play. Uh, and yeah, learned about mortgages. Very fun. Caleb, what was your uh, what was your like piece of choice? Oh, I was always the uh, thimble. Always the thimble. Yeah, and then sometimes my sister would catch on to me, and she would always try and take that one first before I would. So then my my alternate was the the bag of money. So very fitting for Monopoly. Good stuff. Have Have either of you ever finished a game of Monopoly? I don't think I have. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I definitely right. have. It's been a while. I like I would say, like middle school. I would say was like peak time of my Monopoly playing and played a lot of games, finished a lot, but I haven't played it in a while, and that's kind of why why. It, I passed on it round one, but great pick. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. Yeah, I definitely had some long family nights arguing over Monopoly and finishing, maybe picking up the next day even. I'm sure everyone can relate. Uh, anyway, I'm on to my next pick here, back-to-back. Back. Uh, another absolutely fantastic game. Um, I had, had a feeling this one may not make it to me either, but it is the game of Clue. Clue, Fuck. an absolute fantastic game mystery murder everyone loves the characters who who doesn't love colonel mustard and we all know he did it with the candlestick in the dining room let's be honest but anyway i'll tell you what this was the best game everyone had some wild game clue out there right up so this is a uh, number one number two lock for me easy yeah nothing to say other than i was praying it would get back to me uh great pick my my favorite game to play with my family unquestionably quality game i for whatever reason didn't love it growing up so i didn't play it a ton but played it again a couple times more recently and was just shocked at how how much fun it was so when it wasn't on my list but i i respect it a lot okay i was really hoping to get one of monopoly or clue i wanted a classic i wanted a staple um but they were both gone and and it'd be a big drop for me to go to another classic so i'm taking best available uh and i'm going with ticket to ride another game Damn. pretty new uh it's a very fun, like, you know, you're traveling across North America. I think there's a Europe version. I've, I haven't played that one yet. Um, but again, strategy, 
you know, figuring out the right pass. Do you want longest road? All these different things. Uh, great game. Played it a lot in college. Uh, I'm taking Ticket to Ride. Yeah, yeah, Ticket to Ride. Another lock, lock uh, on the on the list here. That was a multiple year, I believe, a winner for best game of the year. One of my favorites, along with Catan in college. Um, but and yeah, another one that you have multiple versions of. There's uh, Europe and different other places. So yeah, great pick, Connor. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my pick coming back around. Uh, and just two quick things I want to point out that I think make it great. Number one, you're learning geography as you play. I mean, how great is that? And two, um, it cleans itself up. Like as you're taking the pieces off the board to count, you know, your road and how many points you get, you don't have to worry about cleaning it up afterwards. That's just part of, of the scoring system, which I don't know. For a lazy guy like me, that's a huge advantage. Yeah, I also one last thing I forgot to mention. I am just addicted to getting the canada border the what is vancouver to montreal or whatever if you can get it you win the game pretty much uh it's just a fun challenge so uh don't want to give my cards out too easily there if i ever play you guys but that's the best part of the game dude that must be why you never beat me in college that's a that's a terrible strategy i hate that (laughs) (laughs) all right right, uh, i think that's to me um so i got two back to back um i'm pretty happy with where i'm at Uh, i'm gonna go with my first pick uh, another classic, great game, won lots of awards. I'm going with Pandemic. Uh, this is one of the few games where you're not competing against the other people. You're working together. Uh, so you get some teamwork in there. Um, and it's also hard to predict just with the different, you know, uh, epidemics and different cities. You know, you're never going to get the same game twice. And the different character roles, uh, I think, make it really fun. Um, it has a lot of re- play value so pandemic's first pick yeah yeah definitely one it was on my list uh, a little later down but mostly just because i had the tongue growing up but i heard great things about it plus very fitting in the in the world we live in nowadays pandemic great pick yeah i haven't played it a whole heck of a lot so uh i don't have a lot to say i think i only played it once but you know i've heard great things know a lot of people love it so yeah yeah nothing better than wiping out diseases too feel like you're helping out your fellow man uh so i'm gonna go on to my next pick uh number three i think if you'll allow me to i'm gonna take any combination of catchphrase taboo or fishbowl any of those games where you have like a word or phrase that you have to get other people to guess um and you can't say that word or phrase you have to use kind of context clues uh so another fun with words games uh, i always think those are a blast makes you have to think on your feet uh, and you can play with big teams, which is always fun. Uh, and I think just the pressure of having to come through when the little circle is going like tick, 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 tick at the end and just dropping it off on somebody else is just electric. So so catchphrase is, is my pick. Yeah, catchphrase is a great party game. Uh, like you said, if you have a bunch of people, uh, especially the best part about it is it's like easy to explain. The learning curve is 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 really easy for, you know, if you're playing with some drunk girls who like you would want to punch yourself in the face if you tried to explain the rules to them one more time uh catchphrase is pretty easy to get going so i like the pick for that reason yeah you know you hit the nail on the head great party game doesn't take a lot of instruction and uh yeah definitely it's one of the games you uh pull out the bag when you don't feel like explaining stuff when with your with your boys who actually play the advanced games but anyway (laughs) 
you know, sent a little, made like a little diss there, Caleb. All right, we'll, we'll see what you got. But for, just for saying, a game where you... <laughs> just, oh, you know what? We've been doing nothing but but jumping on each other's picks, saying, a great pick, great pick, guys. I'm just going to say, bad pick, bad pick. Tyler. All right, well, hey. No, I, I'll play. Plus, if we're going to get technical, hey, 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 if we're going to get technical, is that is that even a board game? I don't know. I don't play a, play it on the board, dude. He's got a couple quite yeah, categories so of the same way. I was putting on my list. Yeah, I was thinking about that when when I was making my list in in the movie Game Night. They play taboo, which is like the same thing as catchphrase. So I think because it's in there, I think that's canon. I think it counts. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're getting a little <laughs> suspect here. It is. It is. It, uh, is, it, is uh, it is rough around the edges, but I think it's within the spirit. So I'll allow it. Um, I I'm up next. I'm gonna go with one. I've gone all relatively modern games, and I'm gonna keep it going. Uh, I'm taking a word association game as well, and I'm taking code names. Um, this is one that I think it, it is a little more complicated. It's not for the, for the low morons of society, like catchphrase. Uh, it takes a little bit more intelligence <laughs> strategy, uh, but I think it's perfect. So I'm not going to go through the, the hassle of explaining the game, but code names is my favorite word association game. And I'm taking that. Yeah, that I, I love that personally. I played that game dozens of times. A great game to play with, uh, your friends late at night having some beers too but that's a fun fun game makes you think any game that makes you think a lot i enjoy so that's a good one yeah yeah i like to pick my only con is that it nothing's worse than when you're waiting for like five minutes for someone to to make their guess or to to give their clue um otherwise great pick yeah yeah good point ties yeah valid con um okay yeah yeah i agree i think okay bringing it back i guess to uh, myself now for two picks right yep <clears throat> okay well i've got uh my first pick here in the bag a, a, a very very strategic long, another long but classic game i was hope i didn't think it was going to make it back but risk everyone has played risk whether or not you had the patience to finish it or not i don't know but for those of us grinders out there we absolutely love a good long game of risk where you just dominate everybody wipe them off the face of the earth. There's nothing better, no better feeling out there than playing risk. Tons of, I, you know, this is one that just absolute miracle. It made it back to me. Thanks. Thank you too. Man, board game night at Caleb's house has taken eight hours. If you're dropping monopoly oh. at risk. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Good point. But I, I enjoy the long grind games. So I, I enjoy those a lot. So, uh, but we all uh, on to my next pick though. I, I think I'll try and switch it up to a little bit more of a uh, more fun, short paced game. Maybe not as much thinking. Uh, but this was another one that we all grew up on. Absolute classic. Another one that would just piss off the people you were playing with. That was your number one goal. And that's sorry. <laughs> Absolute best game ever. But only four player game, as you all know. Pick your color, but just intentionally trying to split your different pawns to knock off other people. It, it was fantastic. Getting a sorry card and just being obnoxious and screaming, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those are my two guys. The, uh, the worst part of sorry is like when you just sit there and you can't get out of your little lane, you're trying to get a one or a two and everybody else is just circling the board and you're just stuck there. I feel like that happens to me way too often, but yeah, very fun game, pretty easy, but, but enough of a, exhilaration that that makes it a great game 
Yeah, yeah. I haven't even thought about Sorry since I was probably like 11 years old, but I loved playing it growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing was better than landing on like little triangles that would let you slide down uh, the row, especially if you could knock somebody off that was sitting at the end. Um, so yeah, yeah. Classic, classic pick. All right, I will. Uh, I will get things going with my fourth pick here. Uh, I need to take a classic. This is the last great classic I have on my board, uh, and I'm going with Battleship. Uh, biggest con I know, just a, a two-player game, but it is so fun. Uh, it's just like a great, you know, sense of strategy, the excitement, uh, and this is one where I think, you know, I had like the old, like my dad's version of the game. And then the new, like, you know, 2005 version. And the old version is just so much better. Just the classic, uh, you know, you're, you're taking your shots. None of the bells and whistles. Uh, it's just, you know, B7, whatever it may be. Oh, yeah. um, so I'm going Battleship. Yeah, it's freaking lo- love the pick, Connor. Yeah, like you said, the OG version is by far a superior. Sticking those white and red pegs in the, in the little uh, holes on your flip-up boards. No, no better feeling than saying... You hit my destroyer in some game. <laughs> uh, I'm going miss on E4 on this pick. I, I don't really like Battleship. Oh, oh. I, I think it's kind of boring. Um, like, but, you know, gambler like yourself, Connor. Game of chance. Game of luck. Uh, you know, I can see why you like it. Yeah, I think we'll have to just see how the people react. Yeah. Yeah, truly. truly. And I think this, I think this um, okay. one is last thing on battleship i think it's one where it's the only one where you have like a true say in what happens with the other person you know like you get to place your battleships at the beginning of the game and you set the tone most games it's like they're rolling the dice they control it they make all their own decisions but this one you you have to set the challenge for them yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) you can't like do anything you can't like block a mid-game or anything like that but Point taken. Uh, and I'll go ahead and go on to my next two picks. Uh, I got a couple here I can go with. I'm uh, trying to decide between a few. I think I'm going to go with a classic here. Um, and I will take... Yeah, all right. Played this growing up all the time with the family. Uh, the game of life. You know, deciding, you know, can I be a professional athlete? Am I going to be a singer or am I going to be an accountant? Uh, the answer was, was never to that. Um, but it just filled me with a sense of, you know, hope about life. You know, playing this game, I just couldn't wait to grow up and win Nobel Prizes randomly or, you know, um, have insurance fraud and lose $1,000 and have all this fun, like, random parts of, of life. Um, so, so that was always classic growing up. So, so that's my pick, the game of life. I love how you grew up just wanting to have insurance fraud. Um, also, nobody buys insurance. I, I in game <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a fine pick. This is one one of those games where it always seemed like it was going to be more fun, and then when you get into it, it's like the first five minutes is all the fun, and then like actually going through it and you know scoring and all that. I, I I never really enjoyed the end of it, but like you said, picking your path to life is is definitely a fun part of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm spot on with Connor on this one. Played it a, a good handful of times. I never was super enthralled by it, but um, like you said, one of the renowned classics. But after you pick, you know, whether you go to college or not, I started to lose interest. You know, that was about the, the peak of the game for myself. <laughs> but I tell you what, yeah, it, it, it was okay. Never fully did it for me. I give it a that's a that's a C minus pick, Tyus. Sorry. <laughs> 
Hey, uh, Connor knows a thing or two about C minuses, um, so so I, I trust you there. Uh, I will take my last pick then. Uh, one last thing I want to say about life: uh, the little like ticker thing that you can spin instead of rolling the dice. I think that's an elite feature of the board. Uh, you're not going to see that anywhere else. That was always a rush, especially if it like popped off uh, and somebody got paid for that. Um, but anyways, I'll, I'll move on to my next pick, and my last board game is going to be Secret Hitler. Um, classic you know i know connor loves mafia so i'd love to see him try to knock this pick but it's mafia turned into a board game um you know trying to figure out okay who are the fascists who are the liberals trying to kill hitler trying to elect him uh and you know the social deduction element's always fun um and so i and just over the course of, of playing it over the past few years i've seen several strong relationships almost end while playing this game so you know it's hardcore uh and what could be more fun than calling people fascists so so secret hitler's my pick yeah, only two of your five picks actually have boards, so that's something we're going to have to put an asterisk on on the graphic on Twitter. Uh, very fun. Yeah, I, I just don't I, – I don't know. You're, you're really pushing the boundaries here. I don't want to veto because like, it's pretty similar to code names, which I picked, but I, I think you're taking this more party games than board games, and I think I'm in the middle. Caleb has gone classic. Like All of our – anybody over the age of 30 is going to – like think caleb ran away with this <laughs> tyus is just a bunch yeah. of party games and then i'm i'm just trying to trying to float in the middle here so we'll see what happens fun game not what i think of yeah, when i think can't, of board can't games. believe connor thinks his picks are the best I, I i i like the pig i think it's a good fun game i agree with that it's a great good great great game similar to mafia brings out some some fun arguments and like you said Never a bad time calling someone a Nazi or a fascist. So those are always uh, always fun, especially when you can give uh, your friends your friends shit. So yeah, no, that's a great pick. Way to bounce back after the life. Yeah, what would you grade that one? That's a that's a solid uh, B plus, bordering on bordering on A minus range. Hey, I'll take only it. because it doesn't have a board. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, and Connor, yeah, sorry, I'm taking party games. Turns out I just like to have fun and hang out with people. So, so sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I was between two, and for my last pick, one of them is a party game. So based off my my previous gripe, I'm throwing that one out the window. I'm taking the true game here. Uh, this is one that our guest picker actually first introduced me to. It's a game that uh, is well over the nerdy scale, but I'm taking King of Tokyo. Um, this oh, game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's that popular. Uh, Caleb and I play it all the time. You're literally like trying to get dragons and smash points and like all these different things to take over Tokyo. But uh, the two biggest perks, one, a ton of strategy slash a ton of different ways to win. So it, like a ton of different ways you can get to the, to become the victor. And the second one is that the games are relatively quick, like 30, 40 minutes, you can get through an entire game and then, and then start over. So if you haven't played it, I recommend. Uh, Caleb on the Zoom has just pulled it out and, and is showing it to the camera. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking King of Tokyo with my last pick. Man, Connor, great pick. Stole it from out my hands here in the last last round. Great pick. Like Connor said, one of the grinder games. It's not for the faint of heart. It's for those of you who actually like the strategy, right? But an absolute fun, fun game. Yeah. No doubt. Tyus, have you ever played? No, I've never played. Uh, but I've heard you say good things about it before, so 
So I, I can't offer any comment. I'm sorry. All good. Yeah. We'll have to introduce you to it sometime. Well, we're on to the last pick. Um, I've been saving this one. Uh, you know, King of Tokyo was on my radar for sure. But this is one that I, I had a very, very strong feeling no one was going to take. Uh, it changes up the mood from my, my current team of games where it's more serious, long, grinded out games. This is just an OG classic, less than 10-year-old, just getting after it. Hungry, hungry hippo. There is no better <laughs> game out there. And, and if you're lying to yourself right now, if you're telling me you don't want to go right now and go in your room with your friends and play a game of Hungry, Hungry Hippo, you are lying. Because everyone wants to get there and just smash and smash and smash and eat as many of those things as you can. But like you said, it's it's a total change of pace. Like I said, from my games, it's a one. T- it's like a ten minute or less game, and you can just r- fun, fun, fun game. That's all, Mister Irrelevant, right there. Yeah, that was definitely a strategic pick there by you. You know, trying to capture any voters out there who who were on the edge, uh, but were looking for something <laughs> with a little more pizzazz. You you give them hungry, hungry hippos. Uh, I haven't played it since I was legit like six, so oh, yeah. uh, you know. Can't can't sit here and say it's a great game, but I can also agree with what you said, which is if I was over at your apartment and you brought out Hungry Hungry Hippos, I would be very <laughs> excited to play. So I think that's a, a beautiful Mr. Irrelevant. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I can't hate on it. Um, and I think Caleb has definitely won all of our 10-year-old demographic listeners. I think they're going to be siding with him after that pick. Um, but I just got one question for you, Caleb. Is there a specific hippo? that you would always go for, like a color or anything like that? Oh, dude, I, I I bet back in the day there was, but I could not tell you right now. Like Connor said, <laughs> it's been since I was less than 10, probably, that I played that. But that's a great, great, uh, great idea. I've totally forgot. I probably was like a green guy back in the day. Okay, <laughs> so to, uh, to recap the draft here, Tyus had Scattergories, Pandemic, Catchphrase, The Game of Life, and Secret Hitler. I had Settlers of Catan, Ticket to Ride, Codenames, Battleship, and King of Tokyo. And Caleb had Monopoly, Clue, Risk, Sorry, and Hungry Hungry Hippos. So, a lot of great games out there. Any that any that we didn't yeah. get to? Any honorable mentions on people's lists? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Tyus. Yeah, I had a few. Uh, my first one that didn't make it, I was going to say this, and then Caleb took regular Monopoly, so I thought it would be uh, a faux pas. Uh, but I took... I had Xbox Monopoly on mine um, because I think Monopoly is a fun game, but the Xbox version just saves you like two hours worth of time and you don't have to do the counting. You don't have to do any of the math uh, or or any of the rolling. Um, So I thought that was, that was on my list. Um, I also had Trivial Pursuit um, and Dominion, uh, which is a game that Connor and I have played before. Not more cards than board, but very, very fun. Yeah. Good ones, Tyus. Yeah. I had a couple of those on mine. The, some of the big ones that I was really, really wanting to, to, to take there at the end was a couple classic serious games. Chess. Nobody said chess. You know, a good grinded out game 1v1. Uh, and then Scrabble, another really good uh, a good game with your with your buddies where you really got to think. Um, and then a couple more of the more uh, fun, you know, kid games from, from, from our childhood. Uh, had, had a little trouble in there where you just pop, pop, pop the little middle thing and just keep going around. Um, and then lastly, uh, Operation. Everyone loved to play in Operation as a kid. That one was a serious contender. But Yeah, I had Trouble. Trouble was definitely up there for me. 
the game itself sucks, but just like you said, the popping the thing to get the, the dice yeah. to go is like, I could do that for hours. Um, it's like then, bubble wrap. It is like bubble wrap. The, uh, the party game I had, I know this is going to get hate, but apples to apples, I used to play this like all the time as a kid. I would like to play it now, now that I like know more about the world and could like give good answers. Um, but didn't, didn't crack my, my top five. And yeah, definitely echoed some of the ones you guys said, Operation and mine. If I actually thought about doing a Hungry Hungry Hippo-like pick, and mine would have been Don't Wake Daddy. I don't know if you guys ever played that. It's yeah, kind of like a jack-in-the-box. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So a lot of good board games. Any uh, any closing thoughts? I think Caleb's, uh, Caleb's draft is going to be tough to beat, but we'll see. Hey, well, I uh, thank you. Thank you for the, uh, you know, the respect there, putting some respect on my name. But, uh, no, I, I definitely went down more of the OG classic route. I really liked your guys' picks with some of the party games and strategic games. Um, but I was just thinking what would, you know, what the people want and what I enjoyed most playing when I was growing up. But uh, all in all, some really good picks. Um, I definitely captured a couple different different demographics as the, the older, you know, serious games and then the Hungry Hungry Hippo, which is <laughs> more of the range of uh, – Tyus's love interests. Oh, good God. <laughs> and on that note, Tyus, we'll give you 10 seconds to defend yourself and call it an episode. Have a good week. <laughs> Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do and which I fully embrace. Automatic. Still is. I liked beer. I still like beer. Automatic still is but I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out when I was in town I spent much of my time working out lifting weights or hanging out and having some beers with friends Animal House Caddyshack and Fast Times at Ridgemont High working out, lifting weights too many beers, automatic still is many nights I worked out with other guys Maybe it was because I'm an only child and had no sisters. Many of us became friends with students at local Catholic all-girls schools. Amy, or Laura, or Megan, or Nikki. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do, and which I fully embrace. Working out, automatic. Blacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is.